Ladies and gentlemen, you are now about to witness the journey that is Life Choices Podcast. Yeah! Welcome back, everybody, to another episode here on the Life Choices Podcast, where we discuss mindset, success, the good, and the tough aspects of going after your passions. On today's show, we have a friend of mine, Matt Beinstein. Yes. All right, I said it right. I'm, get, it right. I'm getting good at all these people's names. I always I get it. Bernstein, so you got it. Beinstein, awesome. So what I'd like to get into before we get into the actual topics here is if you can, like most of our guests, kind of get a moment here and tell the audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about what you do for a living. Okay, so yeah, so originally from New York. I've been down here in South Florida for about 20 years. What I do for a living, I'm a board-certified behavior analyst. Most people don't know what that is. I do the science of behavior. Um, I work with mostly people with mental disabilities, all age ranges. My youngest client's four years old up to I work with people in their 60s. Um, I've been doing it since undergrad, the position under me. And then when I finished my undergrad at FAU, I got certified, went back for my master's, got recertified. And I've been doing it for a little over 10 years now, all in the Palm Beach County area. Crazy. Yeah. That is a hectic job. Yeah, yeah. Um, always people are like, you must have a lot of patience. And, you know, it's awesome that you do that. For me, I, growing up, my older brother and my sister-in-law, they were both, they met at a school working with these people uh, in that population. And he had a kid that we called him Zach, Zachary, Zach Attack. He was a big um, autistic kid. And he would bring him over the house. So I was always exposed to that population at an early age. And I always felt comfortable working and being around that population. Some people, they don't know how to act or they don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Um, so for me, I've always felt comfortable working with that population. And I kind of fell into it with my family. Now my little sister, she also does it. She's certified. So it's a little family business. And we've all been doing it for years now. I mean, remarkable. It's, it's, it's a career that not a lot of people would voluntarily go into. Yeah. It, it does take a certain type of human being yeah. to do that. You're constantly helping others, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, and um, I also grew up uh, around autism. Yeah. My oldest first cousin, so he's like the oldest of mm. all of us first cousins, <laughs> is autistic. Um, I don't know at which level. Yeah, um, it's very broad. Yeah, it is. And uh, I remember as a, as a young child, mm -hmm. and again, I, I just, I didn't think it was weird. I didn't think it was bad. No. It was just, that's my cousin. Yeah. And he did a lot of clapping and uh, uh, a lot of spitting on mirrors. Yeah. That those, those are the two things I remember of him. But he always like came over and said hi, you know, when we came over to my aunt's house for, for swimming, because we did that a yeah. lot. And he would obviously come with when like we, we had the function at our house. Um, it's, it is uh, almost overwhelming, I think, for most people. And people ask, like, oh, the clients, I don't ever really feel bad for my clients. Um, I do feel for the families, though, because mm. the clients, they're born that way. They don't know right. anything different. A lot of them don't have the stress that we have to deal with, paying bills and the day-to-day, -day, like that, stuff like that. But you can see the stress and the strain it puts on families, especially parents, because... Um, mm. Most parents don't, most people aren't taught how to be a parent, period. And then to be a parent with a kid with a disability, they really don't know what to do. So a lot of them are lost. When I come in, they feel like they're bad parents. I'm like, no, you're not a bad parent. You just weren't taught what I was taught I went to school for and how to deal with this person with this disability. I mean, to have this career as your passion to the point of going through all that school to learn and I certified. don't like school. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know many people that do. Yeah. I, I despised it when I, I actually didn't go, basically. That's how much I didn't like it. But to go through that much schooling, obviously, you know, probably hard to do, like, the studying and the tests and whatnot. Yeah. But like you said, you've done this for 
it sounds like your entire life. Yeah, I uh, my first job in the field, I was 18. Oh, and it was uh, the title was a behavior assistant. So that's someone who works under me. So I only get to work maybe two to three hours a week with my clients. But there's people that work under me that work maybe, you know, 10 to 30 hours with my clients. So they're like an extension of me. Um, so I did that job um, all through my undergrad until I got certified. And then I became a analyst. And then I started taking on clients through different agencies and working in that position. So I went to high school mm -hmm. longer than one should. <laughs> then I went to college and dropped out a few times. And then I went to culinary school. So I got to be quite honest with you and in my audience, I actually don't know everything when people say like, you know, this and that and the other about university. Yeah. So um, you go and do your basic four year. Yeah. So university. I went to FAU. I did my, uh, I got my, I got my undergrad. It's just funny because it has nothing to do with the field in criminal justice and a minor in business. And so there's a certification board that governs my job. And so I wasn't even sure if I can do it with my degree I had. And then there was another analyst, shout out to Jen. She was a little bit of a mentor for me. And she's like, you're great at what you're doing. You should become an analyst. And I said, well, I have a degree in criminal justice. I was thinking about doing law enforcement. And she's like, no, you can do what you what we do with criminal justice because I get offered to work with people like juvies or people that are in corrections facilities. So like criminal minds, they do yeah, what 100%. I do. So like the you BAU. Could, yeah. So you could go different routes in what my, in my field. In your um, certification. Yeah. yeah. My certification. Cause, um, and then my certification is in the world. So I can work in different countries. I've gotten job offers in Dubai, Canada, all different wow. countries. Cause our certification is, uh, recognized covered oh, everywhere everywhere in the world yeah it's not like you're you're a barber or, or a hairdresser that yeah. has to get different hours or like even like doctors like if you become a doctor from another country you still yeah, have to get yeah, yeah. all these other mm -hmm. tests and recertifications even, like even a lawyer yeah my father was a lawyer and and if we had family members uh that needed help while they were stateside you know he could only advise he couldn't really even from practice. state to state with lawyers i have yeah. buddies that you pass the bar in florida doesn't mean you could practice in other states you gotta right. make sure you're you're either covered or you have to retake the bar in that, those other states if you want to practice. Okay. So undergrad basically means yeah. your, your initial uh, four years, four years, four years got university. my bachelor's degree. Okay. And, and then I got certified. Right. Cause I didn't want, you can get certified with your, um, with an undergrad, with a four year degree mm -hmm. or with your master's. Okay. Um, there, it's a different title technically. So with your four year degree, you're a board certified assistant behavior analyst. And then I'm a board certified behavior analyst because I have my master's degree. So you're a top dog. Yeah. You I'm got, a top you dog. Got well, you can get your doctorate, yeah. but um, that's more for your title and you can do your own studies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go back for that. Once I got yeah. my master's, like, I'm good, I'm done. And so was this something that was kind of implemented in your in your in your mindset as a younger person that you wanted because this is like uh like i i don't even know what to say it's such such a commendable industry to be in um no like i said my brother and my sister they were both behavior assistants um when i was growing up and then my sister-in-law got certified and then I was seeing what she was doing as being certified as an analyst and lifestyle and the schedule. And that's one of the reasons I like it. I make my own schedule. I pick the clients that I want to work with. I'm not forced to work with anyone that I don't want to work with. Um, and the freedom that comes with that, which I really enjoyed. I um, originally was going to be a business major. I want to do finance. And I was like, do I really want to sit in an office from 
nine to eight like i have buddies who do it and they're there all day monday through friday and they're stuck and i just didn't want to do that i wanted more freedom like i'm out seeing my clients in the field all different locations you get settings, to go yeah you get where to they are i don't around. yeah it's not yeah. it's not a clinical where like i go to a facility and i only work in that one um setting or they come to me and then we're working in our office and we're do, kind of doing like talk therapy or anything like that no where my client has behavior problems if it's at a school i'm at the school if it's at their family home family I go to the family home i go to group homes i go to day programs which is um places for adults once they age out of school to give them some fulfillment and some day-to-day -day activities you know throughout the day so wherever my clients are having their behavior problems i go to them amazing so it's interesting because you're working with people that can be successful yeah. to a certain level, depending mm -hmm. on what it is, whatever yeah. level their they you know, are at, disability yeah. is, is holding yeah. them to. How do you uh, implement like the way you carry your life, like mm -hmm. all of the ways in which you have your mindset to be successful? How do you help them become successful? Yes, so for me, one thing about my job, it puts things in perspective for me. Um, I don't really... I'm not a person to sit back and complain about anything that's going on in my life when I have clients who, frankly, can't even wipe their own ass. Oh, mm. Am I allowed to curse? 100%. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, fuck, fuck shit balls. Yeah, it's, it's all good here. Perfect. Good to know. Um, so, and then, so how am I going to complain about I woke up, oh, I have a flat tire, or if I'm dating someone, they're bitching at me, or I, like I, the little minute things that we deal with and then we get all hung up about, I really don't, when it comes because of my job um it puts things in perspective for me which i really like and then for me i i the biggest thing i say and the first thing i say to when i'm dealing with my clients or their families or the caregiver whoever's there i said quality of life if i'm not improving my client's quality of life over everything else then i'm not doing my job yes they have certain behaviors and the parents might have certain goals for them but am i impacting their life where it's making them better and then the people around them better um, if, if I'm not doing that, then I'm failing first most. And then from there, then we work on the smaller things of like the actual behaviors that they're having and improving those and replacing them with other behaviors to, you know, you know, whatever setting their hat to be, you know, further day to day to be more. Uh, Putting it in perspective is, yeah. is unbelievable because most of us do wake up sometimes thinking oh god you know like fuck i gotta go to work or you know the world sucks or whatever but yeah you're you're seeing these individuals that don't have that ability to go yeah. out on their own Home to do it they, they can't yeah. drive a car by themselves nope. they can't go to the grocery store alone nope. and this makes so much more sense now because i only know you a little bit yeah and through our yeah you we've know, seen each other exactly. out we have mutual friends yeah. and stuff like that but this explains so much to your demeanor and i literally was just talking with uh we'll, we'll need here when she came in i met her outside and i saw your car and i was like damn like i was like <laughs> and i was like i literally said to her i was like it's so weird because like Every time, like, I've gone out to a dinner or, like, drinking or whatever, anytime, like, we've been out, he's not a flashy guy at all. He's very, like, down-to-earth, very, yeah. like, just, mm -hmm. you just wouldn't, I would not expect that. And, like, congrats, yeah. because... Yeah, that, I, I'm a car yeah. guy, so yeah. I've always driven nice cars yeah. since I've been able to make my own money. Um, but outside of that, yeah, I try to keep low-key. I'm not very about the attention and everything like yeah, that. The I, work, I work with a lot of clients who are attention-seeking, and so... That's the thing. Like, and I have friends who are attention-seeking. Yeah, we do. all do. Yes. <laughs> um, especially, you know, our generation with social media and everything like that. Um, you know, you see how people just, it's a drug, you mm -hmm. know. 
and they're addicted to it and they just want their next fix for that attention. But now knowing more about what you do for a living makes so much sense to me as to the person that you are. The persona that you have and the way you carry yourself is very modest, Mm -hmm. is very relaxed, it's very chill, it's very you know, humble. Mm-hmm. And that makes total sense now yep. because yeah, you're, you're surrounded on a daily basis with the realization that you just waking up is lucky. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. amazing. The complaints I have, I'm lucky to even have those complaints. So, and, that, and that's a great way to look, look at, at the complaint. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything I would say life, everything's about perspective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just noticed again on the inner part of your arm here, you have yes. a tattoo of a, this is a bluebird. A bluebird. Right, right. We talked about this before. Yes, yes. Okay. This is, uh, my father passed in 2020. He was 81, Damn. 50 years older than me. Um, he had cancer six times. Wow. Beat it, beat it six times, and then it came back, and then um, he was about to start chemo, and he had a massive stroke. Um, kind of, I think that was whatever you believe in, way, like, he was 81. I really didn't want to see him go through chemo and all that. And, deal with that especially when he's battled cancer his whole life um Mm -hmm. so um yeah so me and my sister we got the uh same tattoo she has it on her arm i have it on my forearm beautiful that was his nickname bluebird oh i love it yeah that was his nickname i got my i got a tattoo on the back of my right calf uh representing my father he passed 2017 um Similar but different yeah. uh, ideas, but uh, it's amazing how we do that, eh? Yeah, we, we don't want to let go of them, so we put them on our bodies yeah. permanently. This is my one and only tattoo. Yeah. My sister has a bunch of tattoos. Um, I always said I wanted my first one to have meeting. Yeah, um, and so yeah, this definitely that's does. amazing. Yeah, so going after your passion from an early age, because going from high school to college, yeah. having a passion in something that puts you in a situation where you have to do something you don't like, mm-hmm. which is school. Yeah. And writing papers, too, for my master's degrees, because I have a master's in psychology focused in ABA, which is applied behavior analysis. So all I do is write 10 to 15 page papers. And I am a horrible writer. Like I was honors class, everything but reading. I was like in slow reading, like yeah. reading comprehension is not my thing. SATs, that part I didn't do well on. Like, but you're here. Yes. And you have the job that you want. Yes, because I, I was motivated to do it. And it was writing about something that I actually cared about. And I yes. was working in the field and I could relate it to things that I had to do in my day to day job. So for me, it was easier to write about. But is, that is not my forte at all. So, so was it as simple as that when you were going through this uh, tough time of having to study and do the research? Because I imagine there's a lot of reading. A lot of the hardest part of it wasn't writing about it. It was finding you had to find studies for the research paper, paper that backed what your um, what your side of the story was, and that was the hardest part because my field isn't so known and there's not that many studies so that was the hardest part for me was the research papers and finding studies that backed what i my view on a certain topic was so how, how did you get yourself through that tough time then for me um i just grinded it out honestly i i i didn't take on too much i only so my my grad school program was each class was five credits and it was accelerated as there wasn't breaks. You like went from semester to semester, but I would only take on one class at a time. Okay. So I wasn't having to write multiple papers at the same time. So I would get the paper, the prompt, and then I'd have a couple weeks to write it. And I just made sure to schedule out because I was still working full time, had a social life as much as I could. So I was doing all those things and studying for um, my, uh, my master's degree. But I just, I think 
scheduling time and prioritizing that was the biggest thing time, time management helped yes. you yeah okay. definitely i've always been a very time management scheduled out like i'm the person like monday morning if i don't know what my what my week scheduled out it looks like it drives me crazy <laughs> like from my when i wake up to till i go yeah. to bed i need to know in my head what i'm doing i don't write it down some stuff i put in my calendar like today right. with this reminder but other than that like in my head i have my running like schedule throughout the week I yeah like you have you. your routine that you know okay okay the first three days i got to be here at that time and i'm gonna end yeah, it this time i'm gonna see these clients this day yeah. yeah so i have a bit more of a maybe a tough question to answer maybe it's an easy your clients have different levels yeah. of disabilities obviously yeah. And I have to imagine the ones that are the closest to non-disability. Yeah, we call it, we say typical. Typical. Yeah. Okay. All oh, right. And then there's atypical. Um, yeah. So like when when like I have kids who have autism, they'll be in school. Like they'll be in classes with typical kids, mm -hmm. and then um, they're not considered typical because they have a, a learning disability. Right. So I w we would just say typical. Okay. We don't like to say like normal because that doesn't like what's normal, you know? Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure that out exactly. still for myself. Yeah. So, so those um, clients that you have that are the closest to yeah. non. We, uh, yeah, and I would say high functioning. High functioning. Yes. Okay, so those who are the most high functioning yes. are, are, are aware enough of them not being as the same as others. Yeah, so it's funny because people ask me that. I, that's never a conversation I've had with a client. So this is what I'm getting at. Yeah. It could be very hard for someone yeah. who understands that they are not the same as the mm -hmm. majority. Yeah. And that could cause depression or that could cause thoughts of mm -hmm. suicide. Yeah. The tough question I want to ask yeah. is how often is that something that you deal with your, with your clients? Yes. Yeah, so I have, let's see, I've had a handful of clients that have it's suicidal behaviors um, a lot of the time, it's attention-seeking. I've never had a client actually try to commit suicide, thankfully. I've had clients who were on high watch about it. But when it's that severe of a behavior, um, we put implement um, protocols with those clients, make sure certain objects are not around i mean i've had clients who are fire starters so like you make sure they got to do bed checks and room checks make sure they have light no lighters no matches they don't have access to anything like that so as long as everyone's doing their job and they're following through with the certain protocols that i put in place um luckily i've never had that incident i've had clients pass on me but that was mostly because of medical issues or stuff like that that sadly my population isn't the healthiest mm. with the you know the mental disabilities there's also comes health you know problems with it you'll right. see they also don't live the healthiest of lifestyles you don't see a lot that are very active they don't eat well they don't eat the best food so there's you know stuff that comes there's along a with lot that. going on in there yeah yeah um you knocked on wood like this which is it's funny to me because it's what i always do yeah just i always have my whole life and, and even though there's yes. like wood around it's, mm -hmm. it's like yeah so it's my head um so since you do deal with that with your clients um unfortunately probably somewhat regularly and it's it's you're saying it's your analysis that implements the protocols to make sure they're safe yeah. also there's so yeah. many things about your job it's yeah. not just watching them to see okay how can i make your life better but it's yeah. also how can i make your life safe yeah so this is this is the, i'm loving this conversation already because i'm learning so much information mm -hmm. and even though i grew up with a cousin who is autistic i didn't even know these things no i mean it's funny you say that because i have a really close friend and he has a very high functioning cousin who um 
who's on the spectrum and I was at a family dinner and they were asking me about my job and now she has a supported employment job because the family she's very smart she's just the family didn't know about these programs that are out there and like where to go get the help or the the funding or you know the the different outlets there are for these for that population and now she's got she's got even a more fulfilled life because she's very smart very high functioning but now she's got a job with a paycheck and makes her happy because she can like take her family out for like lunch or dinner sometimes or buy them gifts and stuff like that feel more empowered more she has purpose yeah yeah Mm -hmm. which is what most of us want we want to feel that we have a purpose on this rock yeah that's the big especially i've i work with all ages but most of my client is a clientele is adults and i've always had a soft spot for adults because they kind of get forgotten about a lot of people in the field they like working with the cute kids with autism you know little kids and stuff like that the high energy but for me the the adults are tougher because one i'm trying to break a behavior that someone's done for 40 50 years Mm. instead of where with the younger kids you see results quicker because they're learning yes yeah exactly so you'll see quicker results with that and that's maybe more satisfying for me i'm more satisfied when i there's a client who's been doing a behavior for 30 years and they stopped doing it and now the the family or you know wherever the group home wherever they live or they're they're um just the whole setting the whole situation is much better just elevates yeah to, to a better positive mm-hmm. way of living yeah because it affects everyone around them it affects the family or if i have a client who's a group home there's other there's five other clients with disabilities in that same group home and if you have one client who is doing certain behaviors that disrupts the whole setting now you have six individuals that their settings being disruptive plus the staff that's another two three staff that's there it's almost 10 people that are affected by one person you know yeah well i have to ask this this next follow-up question then um when dealing with the situation of having to watch and put protocols into to help someone's life be safe mm-hmm. how how do you how do you go home like what do you what practices do you do to help yourself deal with seeing that because you're mm-hmm. seeing these things regularly yeah. which is mm-hmm. not stuff that most humans can handle yeah and then if you do have a client that you know is kind of on that not the best route and mm-hmm. you have to implement something to change their life yeah. you know you go home afterwards i'm sure you take some of that home with you i'm honest i'm really good at not doing that really a lot of people get in the field um i think one because i did the position under me prior to becoming certified so i've already dealt with it and since i was a male i always got the most physical biggest client so i've been attacked any f- behavior you can think of i've seen um I had a client try to pull a knife on me because I wouldn't let him have ice cream for dinner, stuff like that. Like, yeah, exactly. Wow. So um, I, I'm trained to it's, it's for crisis management. So there's certain holds I can do to protect me and the client um, in certain situations if they get physically aggressive or they get aggressive to, towards someone else or they put themselves at risk in certain situations. Um, but taking it home, I've always been really good at not doing that. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just me you just separate it's just it's just how i am i know if i did i see how other people are like there's people who get certified they go to school for six seven years to do what i do and they're burnt out within three months and they're doing another job because they don't know how to separate yeah they can't separate it and 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 i also a lot of them worry about it because i can only control what i can control and i i take this into my everyday life so i don't worry about things outside of my control so what i can control is the behavior plan that i come up with the training I do while I'm with my client. And after that, when I leave, what if they don't want to follow through, like let's say the parents don't want to follow through, I'll know because that client will not be, they, they won't improve. 
Right. Because I then say I, I put it, I'm the coach. I come up with the game plan, but then like the caregivers and the family and the people that work around, they're, they're the players and they have to follow through with my game plan. If you don't, then you're not going to see the success that you think um, should happen. happen. Yeah. So if you don't do the training that you're putting out, yeah. nothing's going nothing's nothing's gonna to change. And they have to follow through. It's all about consistency. Yes. Anything in life is all about consistency at the end of the day. And if you see, if the, if the parents are consistent with their kids, they, they will see the improvement. And, um, it's tough because we have it's called it's called extinction burst. So what that means is when there's a behavior that's been uh, reinforced, um, someone's whole life when you stop the reinforcement, people think oh it's just supposed to get better. No, it gets worse before it gets better, because that client's gonna either increase the frequency of that behavior to tr still try to get that reinforcement, or the intensity of the behavior is going to increase to try to still get that reinforcer. And then once that reinforcer is still not given, then that's when you see the decrease. But some parents, some people, they just don't want to go through it. And it works with typical kids too. Right. I'll go over my fr friend's uh, house and they have little ones and I try to keep my mouth shut because I don't like to tell people how to parent. <laughs> yeah. But like my close friends, I'll be like, you shouldn't do that with Johnny. You know, yeah. like that's if you want to if you don't want to reinforce that behavior, that's not how you're supposed to go about it. So that can be dangerous for you, like because your your career is literally observing people. Yeah. And it's not just observing people with with disabilities. It's you're, you're certified I, I in observing, observing people. people. Yeah, I could work with any type. I've worked with private clients um, down the road. I want to. I was an athlete growing up. I have close friends that are professional athletes. I want to transition to working with athletes because it's okay. such now with all the analytics and it's such a mental part of it now. Um, well, people are more aware of how, how everything is, is mental. mental. Yes, yes, exactly. And that's at the day. That's what I do. It's, you know, yeah. it's part of mental health. You can literally help anybody from any age in any field yeah. if they're willing to listen to someone that can yeah. express to them where they're going wrong yeah. mentally in their game. And I say game as in life. Yeah, life. Exactly. That's what it is. You know, uh, you, if you're not improving yourself or trying to improve yourself every day, then what are you really doing like, yeah. on this planet? Like, so in, in essence, you could literally be a life coach of any style. Yeah. I, I, I feel like sometimes with certain friends, I, I not take on that role, but mm -hmm. um, I try to give advice, you know, and I'm not perfect. I've, I, I'm very um, self-aware of my own, what, what I'm going through from the day to day because, you know, life's not always you know, great. You know, there's a lot, of, I always say life's always ups and downs. And then that's why what you said earlier, you're like, Oh, you've been very chill. When I, we hang out this, mm. I try to stay even kale because yeah. I know even if it's the best of the best, I know how right around the corner it can crash and come <laughs> down and down. So if you're always, if you're always high when it's high and you're low when it's low, it's not a good way to live life. No. So I always try to stay in the middle yeah. and understand like, Hey, like, yes, if it's, I'm having a bad week, there's going to be better days ahead. If I'm in a great week, I know around the corner could, but so let me just enjoy this good time while I still have it, you know, yes. and not try to get too hung up from the short time. I agree with you a thousand percent. You are, you are a, an amazing human being because of a few things here. First off, your natural ability is what I'm going to put up to, to be able to separate yourself from your job, which is absolutely uh, imperative i have to say because like you said yeah. you have colleagues that have burnt themselves out because yeah. they don't know how to separate it the way you express to us that you basically have gratitude for everything when you wake up to the time you go to bed without even saying that you give gratitude yeah. you can tell that you do because yeah. of the fact that like you're aware not just of yourself but of, of what other people go through yeah the the fact that like you know you're aware of what consistency in the mental game can do for you yeah. and you implement all of this 
together into helping other people. So that mm. just, to me, that just makes you a superhero. That's <laughs> just me. That. That's just me. Listen, yeah. they, they say it. Superheroes don't always wear capes, you know. Yeah. But what you do is, is I'm, I'm just going to applaud you from this day forth now that I know what you do for Thank a living you, and it. how you do it. Difficult when you're around other people then because naturally your brain, the way, yeah. the way you've trained your brain is to not just observe like most of us people watch most of us go out there to yeah. a bar or a park or whatever i do it a little differently you do it differently i always say i always make the joke yeah i'm a, uh, i get paid to be a creep <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I go, I go around. You're, not, these, you're not peeking through windows, yeah, but no, yeah. no, no, but, but, but there's times where like, I have a client, I have like uh, an example. There's a client he, who's at a program and he has issues during lunch. I know if he sees me, he'll act differently because okay. I'm a stimuli that's being added to the setting. And cause he personally knows me, he's going to act different. So there's times where I've gone covert and I'll hide, I'll be around the corner or a bush or something. Okay. Cause I want to observe my client without any, wh how, when he's having the behaviors in that natural setting, people act differently when they know you're watching. Yes, exactly. Right. So I want to, so a lot of times I don't even see the behaviors my clients have. I hear about them okay. cause yeah. I'm only there for a couple yeah. hours. Like I said, and they know, even if they don't know, even if they're not at the, level to understand what i do for a living or what i'm doing for them they still know i'm someone different that's not normally there You're not an everyday yes i'm not an everyday right. person caregiver or anything like that so they will act differently so certain times i'll i'll tell the parents hey like i'm gonna come sneak in today i'm gonna observe from i don't know i've observed outside a window before really from yeah, a distance yeah, yeah from a distance because i want to get a true sense of what's actually really going on in the times and the settings that these behaviors are going on I just had an idea pop in my head uh, down the line in the future when life choices becomes exactly what I want it to be. And I have uh, a staff of, uh, you know, 150 people and companies uh, spanning thousands of, of employees basically is my goal here is I'm going to hire you as, as, yeah. a, as a team member. Yeah. It's when I have the finances yeah, to hire you because yeah. I'm sure it ain't cheap. But <laughs> I, can, I, I can see the things. I can see the possibilities of having someone like yourself that's trained in the field that you are to level up a company. Yeah. I mean, there's people who do what I do and people like Publix will hire them and they'll study human behavior and they'll tell them how to set up the store to get people to buy more stuff. Okay. It's it's multifaceted. You can use it in any type of field. Because the day, I was thinking you were going to say how to set up the store to have the employees work harder. That too, you could look at uh, uh, workers' uh, pro productivity and mm -hmm. see different ways to set up an office or different ways to set up, you know, the lobby or this or that to put something in place to be more productive yeah. and get, get more morale everywhere. up and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it just it just popped in my head, and I'm like, that would be an yeah. absolute brilliant person to have on staff all the time and all you would do is just you would just walk around constantly or incognito yeah walk around the different buildings mm -hmm. or have different people yeah it's just like it's a mm -hmm. i'm gonna do this in the future sounds awesome so the fact that you have this great ability and that it's in ingrained in your mind mm -hmm. when you go meet a new client mm -hmm. is it difficult to not prejudge the situation based um, on the dis disability they may have? No, just because I know people, I know every case I have is a different individual. So just a little background of how my actual job works today. -day. My job is to come, I write up a behavior inter intervention plan that gets approved. So it's not, I'm out here just writing up whatever I want. Um, so for the adults, there's um, adults with disabilities 
and um, there's a governing body that's local. It's a local review committee that I'm on also. Um, and every year my plan has to be presented in front of this committee and it gets reviewed and it gets approved from the state. So everything in that outlines everything. So if I gave you a behavior plan for one of my client, it would literally tell you everything to do for whatever behaviors that we're tracking right now okay. for that client. Yeah. So and it's the behaviors we're trying to decrease and the behaviors we're trying to increase. So each client I have has a individualized behavior plan. Now there's certain behaviors that are the same and then some, certain functions of the behaviors are the same. So every behavior has a function. Later on, if you want, I could get into actual ABA and like all the science behind it and how like how human behavior actually works. Um, but all that's outlined in the behavior plan. So each client has a different behavior plan. And I also know every individual is different, even if they could be s really similar. You'll see brothers, two brothers that grew up the same parents, same family, but they're totally different. So I always go in with an open mind. Um, there's certain behaviors I can see right away because I've seen it so many times. Like, all right, I know what the function is for that behavior and I know what needs to be implemented. But it's going to be different for, like, how the family's set up and the house and even the room situation. Does the client sleep in a room by himself? Does it share a room? Or how big's the family? Grandma, grandpa there. There's cultural issues, stuff like that. All this stuff needs to be taken into account. And, the, and this is how you come up with the proposal based yeah. on all of this information. Yeah, so, so just to break it down real quick. So if I had a brand-new client that's never had services that I, um, that I do, I go in and I do a behavior assessment. That's like uh, I go in, I observe them for a couple hours. I do kind of like an interview with the parents or the caregiver, collect all the information I need for the client. Um, from that, I decide whether that client warrants my services or not. Most of the time they do because if I'm getting, if someone's reaching out to me, it's probably because they've had behavior problems and they need the services. But there's been a couple of times where I'm like, they don't really warrant my services. They kind of just need something else or it's more of like they just need something to do. They, this isn't something I will deal with. It's not severe enough. All my clients, they have to have like the behavior where it's a medical necessity that um, and I'm working with them. Um, so do they get referred to you? Yes. And then I've been in the field for so long that people that I've like that. So there's a support coordinator that. Um, their job is to get all the funding for the clients. So they'll reach out to me. Um, and then I work for a handful of different agencies. So they'll be like, hey, I have a client in this location. I think it'd be a good fit. Or I can reach out or I can find people and refer them to different agencies and then work with them. So it works vice versa. And I'm going to take a stab in the dark here that the toughest people to deal with is not the client themselves. But oh, the you family. nailed it. You nailed it. Yes. I always say I could work with my clients all day, every day. Um, the families, the caregivers, the staff sometimes, th that's the most difficult. That's the barrier that most of the time prevents the client from improving. The client's the way the client is. Right. It's the outside factors that are controlling their behavior at the end of the day. Because all behaviors learned. So that's why I like working with adults because they've learned how to get what they want. So if you have a client who, let's say you have a little kid who tantrums every time and Mom gives them the iPad to get them quiet. You just taught your kid, hey, all I have to do is cry to get my iPad or get something else. So then that's what they do every time. And we were brought up a lot differently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> parents weren't spankers or anything like that. But, um, yeah, I knew not to mess with mom and dad. Yeah. Especially mom. Oh, really? Mine was dad. We, we feared, no, we my, dad, my dad was a big softie. Yeah. We did things once in our family. And then, yeah, you just never did it wrong. Yeah, again. I actually, yeah, and honestly, I, I really wasn't 
a troublemaker growing up as a kid. Well, now um, that I know more about you, yeah. I can't see that you were. Like, no. It seems like the whole family just kind of had this, like, innate love for other people. Yeah. Like, it's just not yeah. everyone has that, and some no. people develop it over time, mm -hmm. but it seems like your family, somewhere at the beginning of the tree, yeah. the seeds, whatever all, yeah, it is, kind of mm -hmm. moved you towards this nice yeah. living yeah, and for I gotta others. Think my brother and my sister's law, because, you know, they were the first ones to get in the field, and yeah. now they have their own agency, and I work for them. And um, You're the youngest of three. No, I'm the middle. You're the middle. Yeah. There's three of you? Yes, three of me. Yeah, older brother, younger sister. All three of you in the same field? Yes. Uh, yes, so my brother's not an analyst. My sister-in-law is, but my brother and my sister-in-law, they have their own agency, behavioral agency. And then my younger sister, she got certified maybe a couple of years ago now, you know, and she lives in Tampa and she's doing what I'm doing in Tampa. I just want to hug your whole family right now. <laughs> I mean, they're just great human beings right there. No, seriously, like a lot of us go after our passions and everyone has a passion that's awesome and I love it and people are doing it more nowadays than they were before. Mm -hmm. They're more visible about yeah. it. They're sharing it. That's what we're trying to do. Um, but to have a passion like you guys have, which is without a doubt unquestionable helping others. Yeah. It's just, it's just phenomenal. Yeah. You must be able to sleep at night much Yeah, much it, it's one of the things where, you know, um, it gives me a lifestyle that I like to live my job, but it also feels rewarding, and it's really hard to find, you know? A lot of times it's like, oh, you either got to make the money or you have to, you know, do something that you love, but you might not make... So yeah. for me, it's like, hey, I get to live a comfortable lifestyle, and I also get to feel like I'm doing some good every day I go you're, to work. You're building a legacy every single day that you go to work. That's what you're doing. You're building a legacy. Every you, you, you are literally touching so many people's lives on a regular basis. And even the most difficult ones, which are the family members, um, those that wake up one day and realize what an important factor you or other people that do yeah. what you do, how important it is that you're there for them, helping their child, and then in turn helping them yeah. live their life better mm -hmm. is, is just Wow. How does this how does this job uh, transform into your home life like into um I try not to let it affect me but I do know because I'm a very self-aware person that my views on people sometimes it's they're different I, I it's hard for me to find someone that I relate with okay. at my level or th or thinks about life the way I do mm -hmm. at some point so I do I have seen that it does affect me whether the people know about that or not um when it comes to certain things, you know, I just B BS meters goes off and I just don't have time for it. Um, well, you clearly don't surround yourself with those people that no, aren't, I don't. aren't on the same level. No, I don't. All my close friends, they're goal oriented. They, they, you know, they, they, they either have great families or come from great families or, um, you know, they're trying to better themselves every day, whether it's physically or in their career or whatever they're trying to do, improve. And I try to like, make sure our group's always doing that for each other and keeping each other accountable. I feel like sometimes I'm the keep you accountable friend, but I like doing that because I feel like I want to be the friend that where, okay, yeah, it might be tough love. You might not like what I have to say, but I know deep downside it's making you a better person or at least make you thinking about something in a way you should probably be thinking about it. I, I say this almost every episode that I love what I do right now as a podcaster. And I love the fact that the people in the chair do and say things without me even asking about it that affirms what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And I've been having this conversation lately with a couple of different people. Accountability is absolutely massive. Yeah. It sounds like you have accountability for yourself. Yeah, a little bit too much sometimes. Right, which allows you to hopefully not, um, hopefully not unsolicited, but hopefully solicited, 
giving people the accountability for themselves. Yeah, if no one wants it, then I'm not going to give yeah. it. But I have friends that will be like, oh, like during COVID, I lost 40 pounds and I went through the whole fitness thing, got in really good shape. You know, so I have friends who saw me do it and they want to do it themselves. So I said, I'll keep you accountable. I'll, I'm up every morning early at 5, 530. I'll make sure you're up or going to the gym if you want. But I'll, just I'll, I'll be on your ass. Yeah, though. I'll be on your ass. Like, you know, you know, you see most times when we see each other is at the gym. Dude, um, like, listen, I had the thought today. Those of us that go to the gym regularly, we're not just going for physical health. Oh, it's all mental. It's, <laughs> it is all mental. <laughs> we are straight up doing mental shit at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, a friend of mine That's that therapy. was a friend of mine that was on the show uh, a couple weeks back. <clears throat> I saw him at the gym today, and he actually I love this because I love when people open up to me. And he told me about a situation that's going on in his life this week. Unfortunately, lost lost a, an army buddy. Sad. Um, and we're like, that's why we're at the gym. We're, we're, we're there to deal with stuff. But like on the way to the gym, before I had that conversation in my head, I was like, everyone that I see there every day that I'm there, I know is going through something yeah. in their own mind. They know that I'm going through something in my mind if they're aware of as to why they're at the gym. Mm-hmm. And it's the accountability and it's the consistency of, of showing yourself what your worth is and how you want to stay on top of keeping yourself physically and mentally healthy. Yeah. And it's so important. You, you had another point there. <clears throat> I came across it a whole bunch lately in, in social media, and I've, I've said it on my social media platforms, and I've shared it with, with people that are becoming close to my life and people mm-hmm. that have been close to my life. And it's the thing that you said about being that friend that's going to be, what, how did you word it? The friend that's going to be harsh? Yeah, uh, tough love. Tough love, yeah. exactly. Which I was brought up with tough love. Yeah. You know, m- I, I did get hit, not with a belt or anything, but yeah. it's different. We all got our it spankings was, once in a while. Yeah, it was the 70s. Yeah. It was different. <laughs> and, and the 80s, too. I'm not going to make myself older than I am, but um, <laughs> it was the late 70s. Um, but that tough love, I think, is more important. I think it's true what they say out there right now on the visible platforms that if you're too afraid to be honest with those who are closest to you, yeah. You're not doing them any favor. Nope. By keeping your mouth shut, you're actually perpetuating the nonsense yeah. that's in their life. And one cannot be afraid of losing that person no. by mm-hmm. telling them the truth of a situation. 100% and agree. I think in the long run, you know, the one day down the line, uh, you know, the gratitude comes back to you yeah. from them and being like, you know what, like, I thought you were a bit of a dick that day that you said this. But now, yeah, you know, I get it. Yeah, and I always tell my friends like, "Hey, if I'm being too harsh, you can let me know, but just know it's coming from a good place, and it's because I care about you. Because if I'm not saying these things to you, that means I don't care about you, and you're, I don't probably view you as a close friend." Yeah, one of the one of the Wayne's brothers. Um, it was on one of the reels I came by a few months ago, and he made this quote that I shared the other day, which was, um, I'm not going to say the whole quote perfectly, but his whole thing was he rather be the friend that is there on the days that shit's going bad. Yeah. He doesn't want to be there. He's not going to come to the bar with you to celebrate shit because he's got his life. You know, every celebration that you have, like I'll call you like, Hey, congrats, but I'm not going to be there. But, when the shit hits you, I got yeah, I got your back. I got your back. Yeah, I'll you know? be there for you. Yeah, and that's what I said to the to my buddy at the at the gym today. I said, listen, everyone that I that knows me knows that my phone is under my pillow when I go to sleep. It's not off. 
It's not on silent like a lot of people do now. Mine's is. Yeah, well, <laughs> my, mine is on vibrate for many reasons. My yeah. father, when he was alive, had nine heart attacks, two quadruple bypasses, so on and so yeah. forth. So, you know, getting that phone call I didn't want to miss. My mother now lives alone, and, you know, mm -hmm. she's going to be 75. And, again, like, my brothers are the ones that get the call if she falls, like the devices yeah, and yeah. whatnot. Um, but I don't want to miss those calls. So yeah. my phone is always on vibrate, always under my pillow. And I told, I told the cat today, I was like, listen, man, know this right now. If you need me at any time of day to listen or talk, you just call my phone and I will get up out of bed yeah. and I will sit there and I'll listen to you. Yeah. And that, that I think is what more people need in their lives yeah. now more than anything. Mm -hmm. You cannot be afraid to share your emotions, no. but as a proper friend, you got to be there for them no. when they need that. Yeah. No, um, especially males. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, because we, a lot of males, you know, especially like our parents' generation. I never saw my dad cry once my whole life. My mom, I asked her, I was like, did you ever see Pops cry? She's like, no. I was there when he found out his brother died. Um, all other things, like, never. Because that was it. You don't cry. You're a man. Like, that's it. And But I feel like it's just leading to too much depression, too much mental health issues. Um, and a lot of times people just need to have a conversation about it. It's having the conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, I love that you bring that up right now because we're going to get into this deeper than for our, for our audience out here that's, that's with us today. My father never saw him cry. His mother's, I mean, I was only four when his dad died. I was 13 when his mom died, my bubby, and did not at all see a tear whatsoever. Um, lots of shit had gone on, yeah. you know, in his life in the time that I was around. Never saw it ever, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, we did grow up in a time where they say, you know, you know, take a cup of cement and harden the fuck up. Mm -hmm. But now it's important that we do talk about it. I don't care about, I, I almost say I don't care. Those who have the other thought process on this topic, by all means, have it. Yeah. I just think you're wrong. Mm -hmm. It is nothing wrong with two men sitting, talking about sure. their emotions. Uh, some of my closest friends have opened up. Uh, we share the idea about going to therapy. Yeah. Um, anytime a friend of mine, male or female, tells me in a conversation, oh, I have to go to therapy today, I stop the conversation. I say, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm I so too. proud of you. Like, that is a huge thing to know that you need and want to go talk about whatever it is going on inside your head to get help to figure out yeah. how to get through it is so important. Opening up like that to a stranger, too, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. So I respect anyone who does it. That's why, that's why I do this. Yeah. This is my therapy on a yeah. regular basis. Everyone, and that's yeah. the thing. It doesn't have to be talk therapy where you sit on the couch or you're on Zoom call, whatever. Whatever works for you, but that's the thing. You have to be self-aware of what's going on with you and why you're feeling certain ways and um, what to do to change that. And right. For me, like, personally, the last six, seven months, even, I guess, since my father passed, you know, like, I've been doing a lot more of that, like, that soul-searching, that, like, okay, like... There's more to life about, like, everything else. Like, my career's good. I don't have to worry about financial stuff like that. But, like, sometimes you're still not happy. And you're like, wait, I have all this stuff. And, like, why am I still not happy? Why do I feel this certain way? Because there's other deeper stuff that you have to deal with. And, um, you, have to, and you have to bring them up. You, yeah. you have to get them yeah. up and out I in did whatever it, way. It was a few months ago. It's not. It's archived on my Instagram, but I, the post isn't there. But I did a, um, I did it, it was like a three four-page post about the at the time I was dealing with some bad depression myself mm -hmm. and I did a whole post about it it started off as a note to me um like I watched, a note to yourself note to myself okay yeah I watched this uh I recommend anyone watching it it's um things called stutes it's uh 
uh, on Netflix. You the, oh, the tools. I, I bought the him. right after I watched the movie. I bought the book. So you know, in the beginning, he's like, "Oh, one of the the tools I have my clients do is I have them write a note because when you're writing notes, like looking in the mirror, you can't lie to yourself." I was going through a really bad time. I understand why I wasn't living a healthy lifestyle. I wasn't exercising I, like I had been during COVID and all this stuff. I gained a bunch of weight and I just wasn't happy. You know, got a relationship. All this stuff was going on in my life. So I sat down on my, I'm not a writer. I have horrible handwriting, but I took my notepad on my phone out and I started writing and it ended up being this long thing. And I was like, well, I don't know. I need someone to read it. So I sent it to a really close friend of mine and she read it. And I was like, I'm thinking about posting it, but I don't know if I should. I don't know if anyone would even care. Like, I don't want to post it for me, but I feel like it's a conversation that people should have. And if it's coming from me, because no one knows this side of me, because I don't show this side to anybody. From the outside, look again, like everything's great. Life's great. I have a lot of fun. I have great friends, family, everything. I travel a lot. I have a good time, but I still deal with my own shit. You know, I just keep it to myself. Um, so I was just like, do I post it? And she had a friend, close friend, who committed suicide a few years ago. And she's like, I wish he would have did something like this. And I wish he would have posted something like this. I said, you know what? I'm going to post it. And I got a bunch of positive feedback from it. Absolutely. And it was like super emotional day. It was like a big emotional dump mm-hmm. day for me. Yeah. I haven't cried that much in psh, I don't even know how long. And um, And it was really therapeutic for me. And like that got me back on track of like where, you know, I'm you know, heading now and where I am now in life. You're at a better place today than you were yesterday. Yeah. And the next time the dark cloud comes over, you're going to remember what you did last time and you're going to do that again. And and I had gotten a little dark cloud recently, like a month or two ago, but I remembered how how bad I was in the past and how I got through that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be better. And then sure back, I got back on track and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing for me was a bunch of guy friends that reached out to me and texted me separately and were like hey i've been dealing with this too like uh, like thank you for saying it. i would never expect someone like you going through that and this and that and so just like hearing all that stuff um i saved all text messages like it it, that was made everything worth it that is exactly why we have to take the opportunity as many chances as we get especially in forums like this we all have friends that look at us as strong individuals and it is those who that are looked at it being strong individuals have to share their emotional sides. Yeah. Absolutely. There's people that say, Oh no, you just be a fucking man. I was like, this is me being a fucking man. Yeah. Because if one person read that letter, which obviously many did. Yeah. And if one person read that letter and it stopped them from doing something, something bad to mm-hmm. themselves, or if one person read that letter and it just put their day in perspective. Yeah. I mean, Holy fuck, dude, you probably saved someone's life by doing that. Well, yeah. I, I mean, if, if there was someone who was heading in that trajectory, I hope it did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was it. I just wanted to start a conversation. I wanted to, I felt like people would know, like I actually, you know, meant what I said. And I even said, this wasn't for attention. I want anyone to feel bad for me. Mm. It has nothing to do with that. This is just, Hey, this is what I've gone through. This is what I've been dealing with. Like, I know there's other people like that, especially since COVID, like COVID yeah. was fucked. It, mentally it was such a fucked situation for so many people and we're luckily enough we were in florida so we weren't locked down we, that long we were the least the yes. least affected so but i you know i'm originally from new york i have friends and they live in small ass apartments in the city and being stuck in there i would have went crazy like there's no way you can listen I, I work on boats and and i was on a boat for i was on a specific job for a year on a boat during covid we got locked down in the intercoastal here um for 30 days kind of locked down not really um and then we took the boat to Europe and it didn't really seem like we were in COVID because the, we just 
The boat yeah. kept traveling. Yeah. And we were locked in the boat as much as we normally are when we're working long ass days. Yeah. But, you know, we had the owner coming on and coming off and his friends and his family and all that. And we, I, you know, I went to land to get groceries. Like yeah. it, it really didn't affect me because yeah. of what I did for a living. But when anyone is put in a situation like that mm-hmm. and they can't get out of their house on a regular, they can't go see their friends, they can't. And it's not. It's not that they couldn't see them on Zoom or whatever, but it's that physical human connection which we we need. We're social beings. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I want to be the lone wolf. This. That's not how life works. Like, I love my I love my solitude. No, oh, you Absolutely. have you have to be comfortable with being alone. Yes, you have to. But yes. um, I don't think it's healthy to just twenty four hours a day. No, I, I go a bit stir crazy. Like right now, I'm trying to build a company. So if I'm not working on a boat, I'm pretty much in my house in front of my laptop, sitting here doing this. This is like you know yeah. two hours. Yeah. If I get to do two of these a day, I'm, I'm fucking super stoked. That's four hours of my day. But there's three four five six seven days where i don't get to sit and talk with somebody oh. so when you see me at the gym and even at the gym you're not totally socializing because you're, you're around people you're around yeah energy. you're around people yeah. but but to to be locked in your house all the time with your own thoughts and your own worries and your own stresses is not healthy no but taking a little bit of time to have your solitude i think is absolutely important yeah. and like you said if you are not comfortable with enjoying time by yourself something's wrong Something's wrong. Yeah. You're, you're not going to be able to be uh, a good friend, a good partner, um, a good mentor yeah. if you don't know how to take 30 minutes, an hour of your day and just really just enjoy who you are and, and do things that specifically make you happy. And everyone out there in the audience that follows, you know, the Life Choices podcast yeah. and myself knows that I wake up early in order to have that time by myself yeah. with my puppy. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, absolutely. Like, I need that interaction with humans. My big thing is, man or woman, it don't fucking matter. When you say hi to me, I'll fist bump you, whatever. But I'd much rather have a hug. I'd much rather have that hug because that that energy, that, that, that transfer of of i don't even know what that is but it just it it just changes everything um i mean there's people who do it for a living give hugs for a living yeah really yeah you google it they get paid a lot of money get the fuck out of here they're professional cuddlers yes get out of here yeah there's like there's studies that uh that proven that like that social that that physical uh like raises dopamine levels and all this stuff yeah you can google it there's people who do that for a living there's a job out there for Fair everybody, I yes. tell you. That is amazing. I wonder how someone gets into that career. That I don't know, but yeah. It is a thing. So being that you wrote that letter, is it still on? I have it archived. I didn't archived. I because okay. I didn't want my um I'm very lighthearted on social media. I don't I don't take it serious. Right. Um I actually limit it. I put an hour cap on my social media or any type of social media on my phone because I was that person scrolling all day, every day. Especially since I have access to my phone at work and stuff and it's there. Like I so I limit how much I'm on it. But um I don't want it to be like, you know, oh like a depressing thing, you yeah. know, whenever but it's it's there. Um I can unarchive it. I think I will soon since I've posted since then. I just didn't want that to be like the first thing you saw when you yeah. went to my uh my Instagram page because for me it's like social media I don't take serious like that. But um I, I I know it's probably one of the best ways to get something out there, especially the people who are close to me. Absolutely. Social yeah. media is, is is I mean the all the juggernauts in the industries of business right now are, are the ones voicing very loudly on social media platforms yeah. that this is where the world is right yeah. now and regardless where you're making your money you, ne- you need to be on there no you do if you're not you're missing out uh i i tend not to use social media the way in which i used to which is just 
blindly oh, blindly scrolling for nonsense and looking at things that really don't add to my life i spent a great deal of time on it obviously that i'm on a podcast so therefore trying to get the community built you have to be um relevant you have to be visible you have to be on there yeah. uh, i use it pretty much to to light the fire under my uh self-motivation yeah because there's certain people that i look to for motivation and for information on business and, and information on just becoming better as a as a as a company as a person all that sort of stuff and so i do scroll on certain things and i love <laughs> so one of my uh, guilty pleasures is is watching uh agt singers okay was america's got, got talent, talent. And, yeah. and, and britain's got talent yeah, all, yeah, all yeah. the fucking shows <laughs> but um all i want to see is just those people singing and then the reaction that they get from the audience like when yeah. the audience loves them and they're like oh my god they get it. that's my guilty pleasure but putting yourself out there in that situation is what social media is for in my yeah. opinion that was it's, it's not for the selfies no. it's not no. for mm -mm. that kind not of, to show off no or... it's not to show your your bentley or your rari mm -hmm. it is literally there to build businesses build awareness and help people yeah so that is, um, and I'm glad that people did not uh, look at it in a way of, oh, oh, poor me, oh, I need help. Or well, I, like I specifically that. wrote that. And yeah. That's how I started the letter. Isn't it unfortunate that we have, have to write to do those that. letters first? Because people, you know, people just, if it's on social media, they think, oh, you're just attention seeking. Mm -hmm. And that's why I made it very clear. And I was like, this has, like, I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you comment on it. I don't care if you text or call me about it. Mm -hmm. I just want you to read it. And then if you're going through something, have a conversation with somebody. And, that's, and at the end, I write that. I was like, it could be me. It could be whoever you need to, but talk to someone if you're going through something. So since you said that, like, and, and I was also like this when I was younger, you kept everything in before. I was mm, probably not until my like, late 20s, early 30s yeah, did I 30s. become yeah. open with this sort of conversation. <coughs> Excuse me. So what was it about that particular moment in your life that you decided to open up so publicly um i was just in a really dark place personally no one knew it my mother didn't know it. no one close to me knew this um at all um and like i said i'm a very self-aware person so like for me it like eats at me more when i'm like if i was in a depressed or sad or or whatever i was going through because i know i have no reason to i know that's not true but at the time it's like i have no reason to why like i'm successful i have great friends i all this stuff that i have going for me but i still can't get out of this rut it felt like and um i wasn't ready for therapy i still don't go to therapy um even though i'm ready for it just for me i'm not at that point yet um but I needed to do something. And like I said, I watched that Netflix special, Jonah Hill and his uh, therapist. And I'm like, okay, this is this is my little into therapy. Like, let me use these tools. And like, there's a, I just randomly stumbled on it that day and I'm the night before. So I was literally in my car and I took my phone out and I did that. And I was scared shitless to post it. It was the scariest sure, thing. Absolutely. It was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I, I'm not, uh, I'm, deathly scared of heights and like the month prior i paraglided in columbia and i was shitting my pants that i was like i'd rather do that 10 times over and jump out of a plane than post this freaking letter that i just wrote on social media because i know like i knew the reaction I was gonna get get because i i'm very self-aware of who i am in my friend group and my in the social in my social life so i posted it 
deleted my Instagram, the app off my phone. Yeah, because I knew my phone was about to get blown up. And I was very lucky that I had a friend, um, Terry, who's a therapist, and she was the first person to call me. Yeah. And I, I answered the phone, and she was probably like, the only person I could talk to at that time, one of the few people. And I said, hey, my phone's, and I, I text me, I heard it ringing, people trying to call me. Just stay on the phone with me. Yeah, I don't want to deal with any of this. I don't want to respond. You're the one. That. You're the one. Just, just yeah, just stay. talk. Yeah. So stay on the phone. We talked, and then like I had friends texting me like, "Hey, like, so awesome you posted that. Everything's been positive feedback." Da 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 da. I was like, "All right, I'll give it time." And like an hour or two later, I redownloaded um, Instagram. Yeah. And I started looking at it. I still didn't respond. And then like the next day, I went through all the comments yeah. and responded to everybody. It was all love. Yeah, it was all love. Isn't that yeah. amazing? Yeah. So I was having a conversation, uh, same friend of mine at the gym uh, today, and. After he expressed to me, you know, what he's going through. And again, this is another very, you know, big, muscular, yeah. you know, confident man. Oh, you so know. you got to look out for the strong friends because like. Oh, fuck. Yeah. The, oh, 100%, dude. Mm-hmm. And and he's, he's opening up to me about this situation. And honestly, like, we'd only known each other very, very little through the gym. And his wife and I have known each other from from our, our circles of friends. And, and since he'd been on the podcast, you know, I can see how much more our friendship has grown because now like like yeah he's willing to open up to personal shit with me and i said to him like what's really important that we have to do those of us who have gotten through holding it all in and, and are okay with letting it all out and being okay with expressing as men our emotions it's very important for us to take the moment and ask people how they're doing yeah, because very often you hang out with your buddies, your friends, and what have you. You're like, "Hey, man, how's your day?" It's like, "Oh, yeah, it's awesome." Oh, yeah, which fuck, man? I went. So superficial on the surface. Blah blah blah. Yeah, but have you ever like stood in front of your friend and said, "How are you today?" Yeah, like like are you good? Mm-hmm. And it's not like I think about it. It's like mm, I don't. My one friend, you know that you know I, I spend most of my free time with, absolutely because he himself in the past wasn't so forthcoming with such conversations but i remember a couple years back sorry i remember a couple years back you know he called me up and said hey can you you want to meet me for lunch and thousand percent like kidding me just tell me and i'm there and uh we met for lunch and he took the moment to open up and tell me why he was acting the way he was lately and and he wasn't acting anything differently to me he's just within himself and I'm telling you, it, it, it takes zero effort to be like, how are you? And if someone needs it, they will, in time, if not yeah. in that moment, tell you how they're doing. Yeah. And uh, I love it. I love being a person that others feel comfortable mm-hmm. coming and talking yeah. to. And you don't always have to give advice. No, sometimes people just want to, just need to listen. Mm-hmm. They want a sounding board. They just, you know, it's not always, that's one thing I've had to learn. Uh, you know, I feel like me, my brain, how it works is, you give me a problem, I'm just going to try to find a solution. Some people, they don't want the solution. They just want to talk about their problem, get it off their chest, and go from there. And if they do want your feedback or help, then they'll ask for it. So on, on the same topic, flip side of the coin on that, what I've noticed is I'm always willing to listen. If they want advice, I'll give it. But if you're, how can I explain this? When some, there are certain people that just want to talk about their problems. 
they don't want a solution. Do you know what I'm getting at here? Yes. Yeah, so those people, I, I, I'm very blunt with them. Yes. And I said, hey, if you're coming to me with a problem and it's a problem, you come with it to me multiple times. I'm going to be like, I'm going to give you my opinion. You can do what you want with it. But after that, I'm that's it. I, I can't help you further from it mm-hmm. unless you're going to try to make choices that better it or if you want to come up with a plan. Um, I felt like at one point I was a friend where like people came with like the relationship problems to me. Yes. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to give you my opinion, but I know at the end of the day, you're going to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you my opinion, but it's not going to make a difference unless what I say is what you wanted to hear. Yes. And I tell them that. And I'm like, because at the end of the day, you're human. You're going to, especially in that, when those strong feelings are involved, you're going to go back to that girl and talk to her, if, even though you probably 20 should. more times. Or, or, or have a lot of close girlfriends. Same thing. I tell them the red flags with the guys. Oh, uh, well but I know you're still going to make the decisions you want to make. And yeah. if you want to see that person again or talk to that person again, you're still going to do it. So I try to like, it, you have to know, like uh, being a person that's willing to listen to others, you also have to know when it's someone that actually needs that. Like mm-hmm. it's an actual, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you, it, mm-hmm. a pretty deep situation where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm there for you. Yeah. But if it's someone that's just going to keep <clears throat> coming back to you week after week with the same thing right. yeah. and they're just not listening to anything then yeah it's kind of like come on oh say what's the common denominator yeah exactly if it's you then you got to look at yourself yeah yeah it's hard to do people don't want to do it and they don't want to hear it hell no they don't want to hear it then that that takes us back to the topic about hard love yeah you know just being that person that's just gonna be like listen this is like it's not the relationship look what you're doing every time Yeah. yeah and i have friends who like they they're single and they're older and um you know so and i have a really large friend group that's pretty much all married at this point in time i've been to 20 something weddings in the last few years damn yeah a lot yeah it's a running joke with the friends oh matt's going to another wedding and then so but i have (laughs) friends that you know older and they uh they uh put a lot of pressure on that and i say well you're too much focused on finding that person focus on yourself Mm -hmm. because if you're not in a good mindset or in a good place in life even if you find that perfect person ain't gonna work you're gonna fuck it up yeah because you got your own issues that you haven't dealt with and, and you it, bring that into your relationship and, and it, they're always going to surface. And it's funny how a lot of people, even though that message is out there, it's fucking everywhere. Yeah. A lot of people still can't figure that out. No, I've, I've noticed two things lately. Um, one, one thing is, is it's pretty point blank and, and it's unbelievable how many times even myself have, have fallen this for. If the individual is always making excuses as to why not to spend time with you, they're not interested in you. No. So even though there's the banter and even though there's the conversation, whether it's through texting or mm-hmm. calling, phone calling, I know people don't do that anymore. I love doing but, it. But even if there's a phone call conversation, a text, whatever, social media through Instagram, if there's a con- like two, three, four times, yeah, parachute, no. dude, get the fuck out. Like it's yeah, done. Put yourself in another position. If yeah. you really want to see someone, you're going to make the time and effort to see that person. No one's that busy. I don't care. And no it's on both that... sides. Yes, male and female. Yeah, same, same. Don't matter. Yeah, guys you know? do. It, females do it. It's not the. And if you're in a guy guy relationship or a girl girl relationship, whatever relationship that's going on, if the other person is not putting out the effort, if someone likes someone, they are going to show the fuck up and yep. do whatever. Yep. You don't need to take them out for a fucking dinner. I I'm was... not saying don't do it. No, I'm just saying you don't have to fucking go in for a dinner. If someone wants to spend time with you, they will show up for a fucking coffee. They will go for a walk with your goddamn They'll figure kid it out. if you have one. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It don't matter. They will show the fuck up. Yep. Yeah, I would say don't go for what someone says. Go for what they do. 
Yeah. Behavior. Actions. Behavior says everything. I mean, that brings it back to what you do for a living. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it, it. It's a conundrum right now, I think, for most people. And, and I don't understand. There's so much information out here right now on, on so many different platforms yeah. for any topic, for, for, for more than just what we talk about here yeah. on Life Choices. There's so much information out there that one can live a better life by doing a little bit of research. If there's something bothering you, there's fucking World Wide Web, man. It, yeah, it's there Google with the answers. Away. That's it. Yeah. I mean, then you get the, the new thing that everyone's talking about, the, the GPT, the, the AI stuff. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's, it's weird shit. But yeah, I'm on a group chat, and that's half the conversation is about that. Yeah, the next movement. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to lose Take the me. human connection. No, no. I mean, we're me. slowly drifting that way. Um, I, that's I have, another huge reason for oh, this. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's another thing I talk with my friends a lot too. Is like where our society is moving going forward, and it's kind of scary. Especially like, you know, I'm 33. Like my friends, they're either having kids or want to have kids, and I always say like it's scary to have a kid and grow and raise a kid in this time right now. I think one of the best times to have a kid and and grow up or grow up as a kid or have children would have been like 1901 to 1999. You know, yeah. there was a lot of shit going on. You saw a lot of different things. There was world wars and there was you know, there was a lot of different movements and yeah. a lot of like new inventions and yeah. all this, but all of a sudden, two thousand and further, it's like yeah. technology is just blowing us yeah. away. And yeah, and I, I and I love technology, and you know, you know, everyone talks shit about social media, but it is a great you know tool to use. It's just you have to know how to use it the right way. I think right now where we're at, we're at a pivotal moment of a wonderful time for us because. Social media is what it is, but social media is now becoming what it should be, mm-hmm. right? It's it's when it first came out, it was all about just, look at me, look at me, yeah, look at yeah, me. Yeah. Now it's it, it's morphed organically into what it should be, which yeah. is the business aspect, the helping oh, other yeah. situation. And then you have strong individuals like yourself who are willing to come on to shows like this that eventually will be watched by millions of people, where we're sharing the right information, yeah. where we're all successful in whatever career we've chosen. Yeah but we're now becoming successful in our mental state mm-hmm. in our mental health in yeah. our physical health yeah. i think the the life expectancy is longer because we're aware of how important these aspects are yeah. and i think if everyone really does grab the reins right now and and starts their own podcast or starts their own social media endeavor where uh, yeah create a business create something tangible yeah. give give services back to the uh, the the world and, and have the whole economy going but also take time to to keep the human connection together by opening up the yeah. avenues of yeah. sharing yeah so that's where i'm at in my head right now oh, definitely yeah so the job obviously, uh, I don't want to say dictates, but definitely influences quite a lot in your life, and I think for the better. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I I pick up things. It's funny when I I go out. Um. I I'm. I see everything. Like whatever's going around me, other people, strangers, whatever. I see everything. So, um, people watching is fun for me, especially South Florida. Um, <laughs> a lot of interesting characters down here. Um. But yeah, I try not to let it. I try not to let it like affect me too much with my like personal life and stuff. I just, some stuff's just ingrained in me, you know, like the funny is when I go on dates and stuff to like, and I tell that person what I'm doing, what I do for a living and like, Oh, so are you analyzing me right now? I'm like, no, it just means I'm more observant than the typical person. Like I'll see things or 
you might be doing something or I'll pick up on stuff. Like my friends, I know my friends really well. Yeah, you know. Like I know them yeah, probably you're better around than them a lot. Yeah, I'm around yeah. them a lot. I know my friends probably better than than they know, they know themselves. themselves. And yeah. I know certain situations, how my friend's going to act and how they're going to respond and everything like that. And I can play it in my head and it's usually spot on. So like that kind of stuff, that's where it helps me more, I guess. Or that's where I'm so a little I guess different. So I guess it kind of, does it hinder dating? Um, yes and no. Um, it hinders where sometimes I'm a little bit too accepting of things because I've seen the craziest of the crazy. So like... You're crazy. He's not even that too. It's not crazy. really on um, the scale. Yeah, it's yeah, like okay, yeah. like I said, like I had a client try to pull a knife on me because for ice cream. Yeah. Like so, you yelling or freaking out on me for something small? Like okay, it still shouldn't be happening, but I'm a little bit more accepting of it. So they th- must get more angry because of your calmness response sometimes, and then that's when I know if I re- if my response isn't like that, that's when it's time where I'm like, okay, time out. Yeah. Um, in the past, like grew up temper my whole fam like my especially the men in my family mm. stubborn tempers like that's how we were and so a lot of growth in my 20s um as i got older and then since my dad passed too like that was a i always say like it was one of the worst and best things to ever happen to me mm-hmm. um obviously because i lost my father yes but it i've grown so much as an adult and as, as a man since then that i have to you know take that to account of like hey i wouldn't be where i am in life if I didn't go through that, you know, that tough time. Yeah. Well, I'll share with you uh, what I do regularly. And the audience uh, knows this. The audience that's been around from the beginning knows this is that uh, 2017 mm-hmm. is, is when he passed. And to this day, I don't want to say every single day, but at least five times a week, I talk to my father still. I don't know if you do that at all. Um, No, I don't. I do more of thinking about, Obviously, I think about him every day, but more of thinking about certain situations and how what he would say to me and like how what advice he would give to me, because we spent a lot of time together. I played sports my whole life, so he's the one who took me to all the practices and all my games. He didn't miss anything ever. Um, there was one point where he didn't miss a practice. Wow. Yeah. Until I started driving, I was able to drive myself yeah. to practices in high school and stuff. Then he's like, OK, dad, you don't have to come to every practice. Yeah. He would still show up to most of them. But um, so that's more like, OK, like in this situation, what kind of advice would he give me? Because, you know, yeah. I mean, and we were very similar um personalities and everything like that my mom calls me his name is robert so i I got called little robert all the time (laughs) um and it wasn't a compliment i took it as a compliment but so did i (laughs) yeah yeah so little robert you sound like your dad all right mom sorry that's so funny because i've shared that with with the audience here many times and my mom would call me little arthur really all all the time all All their friends would say it yeah it was Mm -hmm. so so hilarious um he was my confidant once i moved out of the house because we were the same personality uh we did not get along the 19 years that i was living at home Sounds like you guys did kind of. We get along. did. Um, we did bump heads though a lot, especially as I got an ad- as older as an adult. Growing up, no. Um, but like as an adult, there's things because, again, your your parents aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. They're they're still humans. And you're a child, and you have no, no idea, idea what they're going through. You have no idea, and then that's one thing. As I gotten older and older, it just gave me more respect for my parents because I never needed for anything growing up for as a kid. And then as you get older, you start talking with your friends about their parents, and you're like shit like damn i had a good i had a good and i always knew i had a good yeah. but i just i uh i appreciate it a lot more for what they did for you know me and my brother and my sister growing up because they were always there um and they stuck it together i mean they had a good relationship but you know every couple's fight and stuff yeah. and like i was one of the rare kids that grew up with not divorced parents 
Like that was I'm such, with you. me and my best yeah. friend were like the only two f- yeah. friends were like, dude, it's kind of weird. Like we're the only kids with non-divorced parents. Like most of my friends in public school. Yeah. That, yeah. That's just the way it was. Divorce. Yeah. And yeah, my parents were 48 and a half years. Yeah. Know? My parents, this, yeah, they same. Yeah. 46 and a half. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's not easy growing up uh, being referred to as, as your, your, your dad. <laughs> Um, the relationship for me got better when I moved out because that's when I started realizing when I said like, I'm out of here and I'm going to live on my own and blah, blah, blah. And, and then you start realizing all the stuff Shit. he was doing was yeah. just teaching. Yeah. He was just trying to teach you and that's it. I so, always said like your parents are your parents. You got to accept them for who they are and you got to learn from the good and learn from the bad. Yeah. That's it. You don't have to always, you know, people talk about like generational curses or this mm-hmm. and that. Like I want to whatever bit, things are negative things that my parents did um financially or raising their kids or relationship wise i don't want to make those same mistakes i want to learn from them and then change that for my family and the next generation going forward we all want to do a little bit better that's all you can really ask for that's it just you know change just like take the good like you said you know we're we're not going to hit our kids necessarily But we're going to be firm with them. Yeah, like I'm not going to. I'm not if I'm if I am ever lucky enough to have children of my own, I am not going to have a discussion with them until a certain age. Like yeah, as a, a child, age. no, well, you let them be kids. Yeah, but it's like no, you're not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit there. Yeah. This is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, nah. Yeah, I think like as I got older, like what with my parents we got closer when it came to that because we had more adult conversations and adult cop topics and stuff like that where, you know, growing up was like, we didn't talk, we didn't have like the deep conversation about certain things, but right. as, as you get older and like, okay, now you're experiencing your own life. You've gone through your own relationships and your own issues and things that you're dealing with. And you're like, okay, now you can relate a little bit more. I'm like, especially if like me, my brother and my sister, I feel like we've gotten closer as we gotten older. Cause it's such a big age difference. Okay. There's 15, 14 years between me and my brother and 19 between my sister and my brother wow yeah my brother's four he just turned 48 i'm 33 and my sister's about to turn 29 okay so you and your sister are fairly close yes yes we're like four and a half five years i'm seven years from my oldest brother and three years from my middle brother so like growing up it's hard to be close to your brother who's 15 years older than you absolutely it's almost like a second father yeah you know when i'm four years old he's almost 20 so he's dating he's He's out the house house. he's out the house and stuff so it's um you know now that we're all adults you know we can hang out we go grab a drink or you know like you said you have more relatable topics to talk talk about about, for sure um yeah it's it's amazing like i think what you brought up about how like we don't know what our parents are going through and and no parent gets how to be a successful parent manual you just don't and needs to be taught yeah like even though you know our audience we're not gearing to like you know 10 year olds or 12 year olds or anything Mm -hmm. like that but it wouldn't hurt for them to hear things like this at the age in which they start understanding what it what it might be to be an adult and knowing that yeah your parents are people too yeah and they're literally just trying to survive and keep a roof over your head and clothes Mm -hmm. on your back and food on the table And you don't know what those stresses are like no. until you start. It's it's not even like as a single person, 
Yes, it's stressful to have food on the yeah. table and, and clothes on your back. But as an adult, when you're worrying about another human, human being, being, yeah, that's mind-boggling that's shit. That's a little different type of stress. Yeah. We don't have that stress. No. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean. No. And I have friends now, they're popping out the babies and stuff. Yeah. And and luckily, a lot of them, you know, financially can afford kids. But kids are not cheap these days. Oh, I hear it's like a million bucks over the um, course of their life. It's um from one to, it used to be from, to raise a kid from, 18, not including college, used to be a quarter million dollars. I think it's up to like 400,000 now. That's not for 18 co- years. Yeah, not including for one college. kid. For one kid, on not average. including college. Not including college. Jesus Christ, man. I think that was like the new number. With All right, everybody out there, I want to have kids, so we're going to need to like start picking up the subscription here. You know, it's going to need to go yeah. a bit higher. But you make it work at the end of the day. You, you do know, always, like my, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you figure it out, you make it work. Yeah. And I, that's what I ask my friends, especially the, my friends who have multiple kids. I'm like, hey, like, financially like how you're just like you just like you make it work yeah. you know sacrifice you sacrifice i don't buy new clothes and stuff yeah. like that like you're talking about my nice car yeah, so yeah. i was out with my best friend and his family for dinner and the uncle is a finance guy he's like oh must be a pretty payment and i'm like yeah it is and he's just like don't worry enjoy it now because once you start having kids and stuff like that the nice fancy car goes yeah, out. yeah that's where you get the, the minivan yeah the, you get the economy car. car can't do the minivan i could do no. it listen i had a min i didn't my have, dad had a minivan my mom had a minivan when i was in high Toyota school Sienna, my dad drove for till the literally the wheels fell off Dude, but I, I didn't understand why he'd do that and it's because he was taking me to baseball games and buying me all new cleats and gloves every year and taking me to lessons and all this stuff and spending all this money that, as a kid, you, you understand he's spending money, but you yeah. don't realize, like, yeah. what that cost is. Yeah. So he never had new cars. Mm-hmm. Him and my mom. He never bought clothes. The only yeah. clothes my dad ever got new was because me or mom or dad, like, I, I mean, our family, like, bought him for his birthday or father's day or something yeah. like that. He'd wear the same jeans and T-shirt every day. L- listen, I'm switching my life lately. Um, I wear this every day. I have multiple pairs of them yeah. you know and i wash them and that's it and i don't care from the aspect of i don't need to be in a in a versace outfit no. you know <laughs> not not that i have the money currently <laughs> but if i did it's uh yeah you 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 become mature yeah and you realize where you rather put your money yeah and yeah you you, you learn life lessons as you go oh yeah and and that's the great thing about becoming an adult is you do start to understand where your parents came from and you are able to give that love back to them yeah. and you sympathize with them more and you give them the respect back yeah. too you know and, mm-hmm. and that's really why they're doing it is so that one day you're going to come back and hug them and say you know what thank you yeah. you know thank you for being you and thank mm-hmm. you for taking care of me and i hope most people out there have a parent or two like that you yeah. know because that's another thing i i'm grateful for is like you said i yeah. grew up in a house that was not a broken home yeah you know i grew up with both my parents together i did see a lot of fights as, yeah, as people do did. but i didn't have to go through those aspects of life yeah. and and to be grateful from the the aspect of of knowing the shit they went through in order yeah. to keep me and my brothers fed clothed shelter yeah. all that sort of stuff um i must say like uh, as always the the time just flies when we sit yeah. down in this chair uh this is uh like most of my guests i want you to come back again in the yeah, future whenever. because i was I was going to start to get into faith and whatnot because like when you say things always work out i'm a big believer that that has a lot to do with your faith in yourself and the faith and mm-hmm. in, in, in the god and yeah. the universe and all that but that's that'll be another yeah, hour and that's, a half that's, conversation that's a long for yeah. sure um you touched on pretty much every topic that i ever talk about you talked about the um ups and downs about life adversity uh you know we talk about how you know when it's sunny it's going to rain and when it rains it's going to be sunny sunny. again uh consistency like you really like just you hit everything um just wonderfully 
what you do for a living, it's clear that you have the right mindset and then you had the right mindset going into it. Um, try to, you're, try to. you're changing people's lives and not allowing negativity affect your life, which is amazing from the aspect of work. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes, yes, yes. You're able to accept the negativity that comes in your life and do something so wonderful for other people like writing that message. Yeah. I would love to read that one day. Yeah, I will I will send it there. to you. I'm going to archive it and so it's a and, post again. Oh, yeah. that would be I, I'll send I, it. Want, I want to read yeah. that because I I've expressed I've I've laid on the couch, I've laid on the bed before nights uh crying and whatnot and it's there. Oh, we've done it. Yeah. And this is a, a mission of mine with with the Life Choices podcast is to keep these conversations going. And, and I want to thank you so tremendously for, like you said at the beginning, for being an open book. Yeah. You know, you just let that out on your own. And, and it was absolutely amazing. Everyone out yeah. here that's that's watching and listening is, I'm sure, so much happier that they heard that from someone that is so strong and confident. So oh. so thank you so much for thank coming you. here today. I appreciate well, it. I'm glad me. we got to have this conversation. No, we'll have more in the future, no, I'm hoping. Please. Uh, for everyone out there, um, are new clients able to get hold of you? Um, yes, I am fully booked right now. Okay. Say, like that's the one thing. Anyone who wants to get in the field, though, reach out to me. I am always willing to help people get trained, figure out what their next career move is because we need analysts. I turn down cases every week because it's, there's, a, there's such a demand. The, the population is so is so much greater than um, the amount of people that work in the in in this field. Okay, so you'll give uh, socials or your brother's yeah. agency? Yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, you could just reach me directly. Reach you directly. So yeah. whatever social you're willing to give us, yeah. which currently is right now down below in the description, if you are interested in reaching out to Matt uh, for career advice or possibly learning how to become an analyst yourself, uh, he's too. more than happy to help you. Uh, so we'll pass that along to everybody. Uh, everyone out there, uh, thank you once again, as always, for coming out to watch the Life Choices podcast. If you're listening to us on audio, thank you very much for joining us on the audio platforms. Um, you can contact us uh, down below in the description is all of our social media platforms that you can reach us. Uh, genuinely, thank you so much for your support. Everyday growth has been happening here on Life Choices. I, I see the subscription getting higher and higher. If you're new to the if you're new to the podcast, please just hit the subscribe button, like, share, comment, tell a friend. Uh, we look forward to seeing you back here next week again if you come. And uh, just remember always, much love, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now about the journey. Life, 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 life choices podcast.